Somebody's, anybody's, the sum of all bodies equating to everybody. Your MC, Master of Community, Philly Shira. Expressive language is used. Listener's discretion is advised. Yo, 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 what is happening, good people? Welcome to Somebody Do Something, aka SDS. I am your host, Philly Shira, aka Young Shira, aka Shira the Scientist, aka Wolfie, aka Wolfie the Wizard, aka your favorite's favorite, and this is season two, episode two. Now, as we venture toward a new style of living life, pulling out of this Panda Express, I think it's important that we take a moment to reflect and assess. This way, moving forward, we can apply what we've learned this past year or so, you know, maybe, hopefully. Let's try it out. Uh, I stumbled upon a concept called pandemic erosion amongst the pod universe. I really, really should have written down the source because I prefer to cite my sources. But in my defense, I didn't think it would have such a profound effect on me to where I'm expanding and elaborating on my interpretation of the concept. So I did figure it was something to sort out at this here metaphorical table. So. The word erosion is a term I'm very familiar with from my environmental science studies. Basically, it means to wear away over time. Um, I thought of a small host of things that would apply in terms of pandemic erosion. Uh, And I've been thinking about this since like the beginning of the year uh, because of the subtlety of the things in life that were part of that like lasting erosion, right? And I think that's the main thing about erosion. It happens so gradually we hardly notice. So think of how mountains get shaped over time or how rivers will meander and change the way they're flowing. Which, by the way, the erosion happens because of the water flowing in that instance. Um, But think of the way it looks when someone is spinning clay, like making pottery, right? That is erosion going a 100 thousand times faster um so ultimately the question with this concept is what has chipped away at us or our lifestyles little by little in this panda bear uh the first thing i thought of was lack of touch and uh, a couple years ago i took a love language test and touch was i think my third quality time was first if you're curious um but I I think, first of all, I think our love languages are subject to change as we evolve as humans, and that's something to consider. Because, you know, we'll take the test once, and then those are the results in stone. But I don't think that's true, because after this pandemic, if I retake this test, which I probably should, and I'll give you the results on the next uh, podcast, but I bet physical touch might be closer to quality time now, like if it's not number two, you know what I'm saying? Um, Just because I think not being able to hug people or hold, touch hands, hold hands, or, you know, just be more intimate by physical touch that way, even if with a friend, right? Uh, That lasting effect has been pretty profound um 
and to the point where I notice any time I'm touched even slightly, like even a, like a poke, I'm like, oh shit, I, someone just made contact with my skin. Like, this is weird. But also, can I have more? <laughs> like, it's a, it's, a, it's a weird thing. And it was weird to even admit because that, again, that wasn't like my love language or whatever. Like, or even in the past, like I didn't think I valued physical touch that much. I should say. Yeah, it's crazy. Next, we are social creatures that could not be part of social settings. So ultimately, we all went into some sort of tizzy or frenzy, even if you found yourself as an introvert, happy and healthy and thriving (laughs) in comparison to other people in this pandemic, because I would say I'm an ambivert, which is a little bit of both. Uh, I don't think it's 50-50. I think it's definitely 65-35 with the 60 being introverted because I value my quality time with me and I value my space. But that's also the journey I'm on right now. So, (laughs) but uh, yeah, man, like it was interesting to see how people reacted. Introverts, extroverts, ambiverts alike. (laughs) Anyway, um, uh, dissecting where you fall on that spectrum and how you actually felt about all this is, I think it's important to at least know a little more about yourself, truthfully, right? Um, We have a hormone that we produce when we are under stress as humans, and it's called cortisol. And I think about children who are in their developing fundamental years because as you know if you've heard the birthday episode I have a four turning five very 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 soon a year old sister and she has not been to school and she will not experience pre-k she went to the pre pre-k whatever that you know vpk whatever the fuck they call it um so she missed pre-k and now she's going straight to kindergarten if mom doesn't homeschool her. So uh, how she'll bounce back into that social, uh, formal way of living, you know, school five days a week, uh, X amount of hours, you know, doing things with people at school and interacting with people that isn't one person or two people a week, you know, is, is going to be interesting to see how she reacts to that but also the fact that she has known for this whole year that you know even though she didn't start school she knew mom wasn't going to work and she knew you know I wasn't getting up early and being dropped off somewhere and that that in her brain was like a normalcy if that's a word it is today and Because of that, she may have been producing cortisol. Now, has she been producing cortisol for this whole past year? Let's hope not. I mean, I don't think her her growth has done it at all because she's growing like a (laughs) a little weed in a forest. But that is a potential result of what happens when we overproduce too much cortisol or one of the things for kids specifically. But we are all producing high amounts of that. So... Finding things to help you relax, especially now as we come down 
is extremely important for our well-being moving forward um, and in the long term. Um, another concept that I've been thinking about is not being able to see people physically smile. It's so weird of a thing, but if you think about it, sometimes you'll walk down the street and just flash a smile. Like You don't have to verbalize a high. You don't have to just make contact and make it weird but like you know if you flash a smile and that person is good spirited and high spirited they'll flash one back at you and that is something that I personally miss I enjoy it a beautiful smile a nice smile you know it is really uplifting and that's something that you know we're just getting to I mean we only just stopped wearing masks at work but that's only for fully vaccinated people so even still some people wear masks but it's still weird like I'm like oh shit people have whole faces <laughs> like, oh god it's crazy I think we should normalize asking people how they're doing and try to prompt for a real response and not a fine good tired one-worded common response because no really how are you could be you know post-covid in covid equivalent to a hug so you know finding where people are at for real mentally is uh is extremely important and it, it helps you know on the other side that you know someone cares about you but also i got you like do you need something like i think there's been this thing recently where people are timid in asking for what they need and what they want because they are afraid to take space or uh, afraid of asking too much or burdening people. But, bro, no. Keeping it in is, is, is probably worse than, you know, the response you're going to get from asking. Because so, you never know. People will surprise you. And that's how you find out how much support you have. And who are your supporters? You know what I'm saying? Who, who is actually down to hold you down? And you don't know until you ask. And you can't assume people can read your mind or know how you feel. Because nine times out of ten people are internalizing and dealing with their own shit. So, come on. We got this. We got, we got to connect with each other here. The workforce has changed on on many levels uh there are people who are truly unemployed and industries that have cut down significantly like uh, hotels and airlines for example i went to dallas a couple weeks ago and they were sharing flight attendants on flights bro like my flight was delayed because we were waiting on the flight attendants from the flight that hadn't landed yet like what <laughs> what kind of world is this there are some people who choose unemployment, whether temporarily or indefinitely, maybe in pursuit of a real passion or a new industry, maybe an industry that can survive, oh, I don't know, a fucking pandemic. Um, it seems to me also that many people have taken stock and recalibrated uh, in this past year, which is kudos. It's very important. There was a lot to learn and a lot to, you know, consider literally everyone showed their real colors <laughs> politicians we had the summer of 2020 blm protests we had the fucking capital insurrection riot um people's relationships with jobs and career is changing uh because now people see that either a 
they can or like working from home or B, they fucking hate their job and life is too short. So I'm going to change and switch it up. Um, just these new perspectives on life and the meaning of value as we watch people die rapidly all around us. Like this has been and it is still beyond a mind fuck and it's perspective altering if you allow it to be and it's also an opportunity to start anew so fuck the lottery bet on yourself back to my pandemic erosion list though mental health most of my personal bouts with this covid experience have been internal and rooted in trauma new and old but all connected and the same lesson or like traumatic theme and I noticed at one point I'd become easily overwhelmed and easily anxious especially in the car whether driving or passenger and not fun since we fucking ride in cars to go everywhere but also I have to you know deal with that shit uh practicing what to do in those moments having what I call tools in a toolbox or anchors uh, for those moments and feelings uh, to help you get through them in a healthy way. Um, and a game plan for those moments have, have made a difference for me personally. Um, and I'm able to come back to a calm place a lot quicker than I was before the pandemonium. Um, shout out to the Headspace app and for the free year subscription so consider this a free advertisement but let's talk sponsorship if you're listening i'll shoot you a dm later <laughs> but no i've told everyone i care about about this app like i've meditated they give you your analytics uh, i think i meditated over 1500 minutes in the past year and it's been especially and exceptionally grounding um I also feel very seen from this app as a queer black woman and exploring it and understanding it like like how to deal with all this is, is super important. So shout out to the Headspace app and all the work that they're doing to help people feel included and healthy. Uh, shout out to all the relationships that have strengthened as a result of forced intimacy and closeness. Shout out to the lesson learned relationships that showed us what we really needed or deserved, uh, whether that's something or someone new or different. And to elaborate by something, I mean people like me who thoroughly enjoy being single and not dating, which I, I, I fully support practicing being in a relationship with yourself fully and wholeheartedly, uh, like treating yourself the way someone else should treat you. And then you have that standard set, but also by doing those actions, you're manifesting and, and attracting that energy law of attraction style. So take care, you know, take yourself out on dates with just a company of yourself. You know, when I do that, I'm extra with it. Like, I don't, I don't even like to be on my phone unless I'm playing chess or writing something because it's like the same way you don't want someone sitting on their phone texting in front of you on a date, right? In a space where you're trying to connect. Like, I, I take it very seriously. But that's just one example. Um, part of pandemic erosion is the relationship with food. Good food is definitely 
comfort for me. When I'm feeling down, I'm definitely eating good. Um, <laughs> as in unhealthy and bingefully. Even though all that means nowadays really is I find a way to ingest chocolate or fries by any means necessary, which in my defense is better than me before and at the beginning of the panda bear because it used to be ice cream, any pastry, any baked good at any time of the day. So I, I've reeled it in a lot, you know. We've we've we're learning discipline in this area for sure. I still who knew as an adult it would be such a fucking horrible thing to try to eat three meals every single day. Like, ugh. I get, I kind of get annoyed when it's time to eat sometimes. Like, goddamn, like, <laughs> we just put all this effort into eating and I'm hungry again. More seriously, vitamin D. This is an important little piece of this podcast, and this is important information that I've learned over this pandemic uh, by listening to um, podcasts that feature professional doctors, physicians, and people of, of that you know caliber. Vitamin D deficiency is definitely an element of pandemic erosion. Uh, we don't go out as much. Uh, well, you know, some of us. <laughs> um, I also learned it takes people with more melanin in their skin, wink, wink, a longer time to absorb vitamin D in the sunlight, which is one of the only ways uh, outside of supplements to obtain vitamin D. But that also means people with darker skin have to be more aware and take good vitamin D supplements or planned on spending triple, double as much time as the sun as you can, and if you can tolerate it. Vitamin D is more than a vitamin, really. It's, its molecular structure resembles that of hormones in our body. Um, so at the molecular level, if you had a vitamin D um, nutrient next to you know any hormone, cortisol, for example, it would look very like cousins right uh in terms of their molecular structure um and a hormone is actually what it acts more like inside of our bodies so vitamin d is one of the most important nutrients to obtain because it supports the immune system in a myriad of ways um vitamin d deficiency in that sense can be linked to lethargic energy, uh, depressiveness, hair loss, and fatigue, amongst other things, depending on, you know, your body's relationship to it, uh, and how and like what your levels are at. So ultimately low vitamin D levels means a weakened immune system and a more vulnerable immune system. So my beautiful black people consider this a PSA. Look into your body's relationship with vitamin D and get you some supplements that aren't bullshit. Because I know that if you're not a person who loves summer and spending time outside in the heat, then you won't be outside. So <laughs> it's important that we sustain our levels though because we want our immune system to be ready you know, at all times, especially with this COVID shit and all the variants coming out. There's a Delta variant that's supposed to be the deadliest, but they said that the last time. 
uh, who fucking knows? The, the only thing you can do is try to arm yourself with information from people who are not full of shit, you know? So actual doctors, whether yours, somebody else's, a podcast, bro, there are so many different avenues. And I don't recommend straight up Googling certain things because Google is not going to front face you with the information you need. They're going to send you down a rabbit hole of shit that's probably going to make you have panic attacks. So (laughs) if you need some sources, DM me. I got you. I actually listened to over five hours of content and and did hours of research online before I got vaccinated. Um, And I took my advice from other black women who were professional doctors and scientists because that's who I am and that's who I trust. Um, and so I, I think you should trust people that look like you as well. In addition, to, I mean, if that makes you feel comfortable, you might be someone who will believe anything anyone says, in which case, again, vetting information is just as important as receiving it. So um, if anyone needs resources about vitamin D and other supplements that help boost your immune system, um, random COVID facts or COVID vaccination information, feel free to DM me at the uh, SDS uh, Instagram. Uh, Try to get outside. Try to find some vitamin D supplements, especially if you have darker skin. That's not only to black people, but especially to black people, you know, because I love you. That's kind of all I had for pandemic erosion ideas. Uh, If you're listening in and you feel like you have some things to contribute to this topic, please write me on Instagram and my DM. And yeah, I I really want to know how people feel about this concept and and how they've been affected because... (laughs) As a minor sociologist, I'm very interested in human behavior and human patterns and trying to learn how to be better by coexisting and connecting and sharing stories. That's what this podcast is all about. And speaking of stories, this is the perfect segue into the black highlight. The first segment that I'm introducing, I know I mentioned it in the first episode, and since then I've been fucking busy, including going on vacation, which I definitely deserved. It's been over a year and a half since I've been out of this godforsaken city slash state, and it was a breath of fresh air, literally and figuratively. Uh, I enjoyed myself, but I did walk around the city of Dallas a lot, so it wasn't a vacation vacation where I was like relaxing so I'm looking forward to resting my bones very soon um but black highlight this is a segment where we highlight a black person in a way that they haven't been highlighted before meaning we tell the truth of their story in honor of Juneteenth the real day of freedom um I am going to highlight the immaculate the beautiful the spirited Rosa Parks. Rosa Parks' story as we know it to be told by America on Black History Month is false. The media twisted the story to sound better as per usual and this is why this segment exists on my fucking show. Because we're rewriting our own stories and we're involving the truth in it. Not what sounds good, not what's digestible, not what's comfortable, the fucking truth. 
Rosa tried to tell her truth over and over and over. So what had happened was we are in Jim Crow South. It is 1955. And on buses, there is a rule not plastered on the wall, but I guess unspoken that there has to be an empty row of seats to separate the first black back of the bus and the last of the white front of the bus. Basically, white people was like, black people got cooties, so we need an empty row to space us out. I might catch the black or something. Ain't that some shit, though? Because they, they created social distancing with racism, and it's ironic that it was mainly white people acting like wild animals about spacing out and wearing masks. But anyway, this about Rosa. So a white man came and sat in the seat that was the last empty row of separation and expected all the black people behind him to move. In fact, they were physically, verbally asked to move, including Rosa. Now, this bus was not full of people with no other place to sit down, and she was not ever sitting in the white section of the bus. After she was well seated and chilling and on her ride, they stopped to pick up a white man who took it upon himself to extend the invisible white bus borderline that is the empty row. And Rosa said, fuck that noise. And this calls for a very black moment from me because as a black woman, I feel her rage. So hell yeah. She kept sitting the fuck down. Who wouldn't? Rosa said square the fuck up then as she should have. And so the truth in this story is fucking important because it's empowering. Rosa said, fuck you, and started a whole revolution that is the civil rights movement and gave the black community countless public figures, including, yes, Malcolm and Martin, but also Angela Davis, Jesse Jackson, C.T. Vivian, John Lewis, Ralph Abernathy. I could continue for fucking days. So there was this technical rule that she felt was too absurd to follow. And that white man was an agitator. And you know what? A 15-year-old girl by the name of Claudette Colvin in Montgomery uh, nine months earlier that year did the same exact thing as Rosa and was also arrested, which was another reason why this was the last fucking straw when it came to Rosa, not just for Rosa, but for black people in the area. To the point where they boycotted the bus system for over a year. Over a year. Think of how long COVID felt like it lasted. That's probably what it felt like to to try to carpool and walk and, and get to work by other means that wasn't the bus, okay? This was also throughout the winter and summer, and they thugged it out the way only real niggas can, okay? And there was pushback all throughout the boycott that whole year. Of course there was. Black people with cars started carpooling, but would get profiled, pulled over, ticketed, and I'm sure worse in some cases. You know, we know how cops can be. White civilians would vandalize black people's cars and immobilize them, or at least attempt to. Bitch-ass bitches. Uh, We tried to rally, and we rallied, and we rallied, and we we tried to remain uh, higher-spirited, but... A lot of us became worn out and fucking tired of the harassment and ready to quit. But that's when neighboring cities like Mobile, Alabama to Montgomery 
uh, started sending in donations to pay for tickets, to pay for car repairs, to pay for gas. And so we triumphed and we came out of that stronger than before. And that led to a whole movement that nearly lasted a decade. So fuck yeah, the truth in this story is important because it shows what can happen when we take care of each other, look out for each other, but also take agency in our community. Now, why do you think the oppressor would strip this story of the truth? And the answer to that is why I only tell the truth, especially at this table. Uh, these facts about Rosa Parks' life came from Rosa's real-life nieces, Sheila McCauley Keys and Deborah Ann Ross. Shout out to both of you women and shout out to Rosa's entire lineage. This information came by way of the Sporkful podcast. Shout out to Dan Pashman and the folks over at Sporkful and Stitcher. It's a fantastic podcast. They tell amazing stories. And they've educated me more on black history than the American public school system did. So shout out to them and I appreciate the work that they do. But also you should check it out sometime. The Sporkful podcast. It's a, it's a podcast not for foodies but for eaters. <laughs> now... Who would I be if I didn't, you know, phone a friend, right? So I'm calling back a Somebody Do Something alumni, one of my very best friends, Jared Jennings, and he's gonna, you know, tell us how he feels about the concept of pandemic erosion. So this episode, I'm exploring a, a concept that I heard from another podcast called Pandemic Erosion. And it's something that I heard at the top of the year that I've been kind of dissecting and exploring and expanding on uh, on a personal level. But now I'm ready, you know, to open it up and share and figure out what that means to other people. So like when you hear that before I explain or I'm sure I won't need to because you went to South with me, which was an environmental based school. But like... um, what does what comes to mind when you think of pandemic erosion for me it really boils down to mental health because there was nothing more destructive past getting the virus than the toll that it took that the pandemic took on on society as a whole and on um our connections with the people around us It caused us to kind of fold into ourselves a lot more. And, you know, we weren't out there. We weren't socializing with other people. And, you know, there's a whole generation of of kids out there who their formative, a formative year here for them has been lost to, you know, their isolation over the last, you know, 12 months plus. So I, to, to me, the pandemic erosion just means the toll that it took on everybody's collective uh, headspace. Yeah, I like that. I like that. So for you personally, you want to tell the people what kind of things you kind of went through, like on a personal level? So my whole life, I've had this kind of overwhelming feeling. Um, I could never pinpoint what it was exactly. And it didn't, it didn't really affect me too bad or too often. But there were times when I would lash out at my family. 
Um, some of my friendships and relationships had been affected by it. And from March to October of 2020, I continued to kind of cascade down into this negative headspace and um and so finally I decided you know I had had enough I had been too too negative uh too often and I addressed it with my doctor and uh she prescribed me medication and just a light dose of medication at first and it really helped it really did um since October, the medication has increased uh, oh, moderately. Um, till now, I've found kind of my groove, and I feel like that I feel like I have the correct dosage to make me feel even more often than not. Um, but meds don't cure everything; mm-hmm. they help they help ease the mind, but alone they're not going to fix you or make you feel better and if you're just turning to meds every time you have those negative feelings that's not that's not a positive because you're never going to get out of that that negative headspace um there are other things that you can do though things that make you happy hobbies that you might have um other things like meditation going to the gym reading um, and ex- and as for me, I'm exploring therapy as well. These are all things that I do to supplement the the medication to find myself in a in a positive headspace. But even doing all that, I can't say that I'm okay a hundred percent of the time. But I continue to take those steps every day because, like, that's something I can control. Mm-hmm. I can't always control how I'm feeling but I can't control the steps that I'm taking to feel better. Exactly. The language we use with ourselves and in general, and especially describing how we feel is important. Um, So I wouldn't say controlling feelings or even controlling anxiety, but rather developing a relationship with it, right? Because uh, at the very root of it, anxiety is part of our defense system, um, so, you know, uh, and, and that's why like the ego is developed in anxiety and it's like a whole big thing because all of that is part of a defense mechanism that we as humans have as, you know, conscious beings. So everyone has it on some level and we all have different relationships with it depending on our life experiences and, and how it has come up you know, throughout our lives, but how you deal with it, how you respond to it and how you react and, and coexist with it is, is very important. And yes, all of those things are that you mentioned are, I call it part of the toolbox. So to, to dig into that metaphor, I just used a little deeper about, um, you know, building a toolbox and kind of having a Calvary for, you know, remedies. Like if you're, but also uh, uh, pinpointing certain feelings and, and knowing what it feels like, right? So anxiety will present itself in many ways, uh, depending on how you're triggered and what the situation is. So 
for example, in the car when I get anxious now, post-accident, my hands sweat and like my heart races, but that's not my response to anxiety with everything, right? Sometimes I do get uh, overwhelmed to where I'm kind of, you know, for the most part, lashing out at people, just like directing weird energy in, in, in a in a way that's not productive, right? Just because I can't pinpoint at this moment that I'm overwhelmed and verbalize that. Um, But again, if I was able to, then I'd go into the toolbox and grab the exact tool I need for that moment, right? Um, So you said reading, meditation, exercising. I would add drawing, sketching, coloring. They have like adult coloring books now. Um, journaling, journaling. I love writing. Writing has been an outlet for me for a long time since like middle school. Um, so totally all of those things. Yeah. And, and, you know, the most important thing though, to remember for everybody out there who's suffering this pandemic erosion and suffering from negative mental health or poor mental health is to remember, like, you're never alone. But there are always people out there that are willing to talk to you and help you. And, you know, all the day, the only thing you can do for certain is just try to be the best version of yourself that you can be every day. And that's, you know, that's that's all you should expect of yourself. Mm-hmm. My journey through improving my mental health has so far been a short one. I know people who have struggled, you know, had that overwhelming feeling, had those negative thoughts for years, months, years, weeks at a time. I've been spotty, you know, mine mine has come and gone through my whole life, but it's never been perpetual this this last these last twelve months. But I know people who have who have suffered a lot greater and a lot longer. Um and there's different ways that they've tried to cope with it, you know, and, and some of them never try to talk to a doctor. They turn to, to weed and alcohol. And, and I mean, those are, those are fine if they help you in moderation, you know, but there, you shouldn't develop a dependency on anything. You shouldn't develop a dependency on the anti-anxiety medication and the anti-depression meds or anything that you might be taking the weed the alcohol because any of that dependency you're not addressing the issue you're just masking it you're just hiding it Mm -hmm. and so just try to do what you can to make yourself feel better long term think about your tomorrow self and think about how they'd want you to conduct yourself today to make you know them feel you know more at ease or or just like more positive. Mm-hmm. And there's little things you can do to make someone's day, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, part of what I thought uh, pandemic erosion is, is the fact that for over a year, we didn't really get to see people smile, you know? Right. Like, and that's such a small, like minute thing, but like, it really is powerful. Like when you're walking past a stranger and you just flash a smile and they receive it, you know, in the way and they flash one back like that, that type oh, yeah. of shit. That's when people are like, oh, this made my day uh, to the point where I was scrolling down Instagram and I saw this beautiful black man. 
he had a huge smile in the in in the picture and i was just like whoa and it made me smile like that was my initial reaction was like i smiled back at his smiling picture so i had to leave a comment like this really just made me smile like you're beautiful (laughs) like i'm so glad i just saw this but um yeah the fact that after that i realized damn that was the first time I'd seen someone smile like that in a really long time. And it wasn't even in person. And then I started digging deeper into that. And I'm like, wow, yeah. I like even like being able to see my own smile other than like at home in my mirror, like, you know, like at work in the mirror. It wasn't like, you know, I smile at myself in mirrors all the time. I don't, I don't know if other people do that, but I, I've definitely made a point to do that. Do. <laughs> I, yeah, I, yeah, but anyway, uh, I appreciate you sharing your experience, and I think it is very powerful that you decided to have a healthier relationship with your anxiety and, and, you know, how you emote. I think that is also very powerful for you as a male. Thank you for taking care of yourself, because by taking care of yourself, you're taking care of others. And thank you for giving me a platform to talk about it. And, you know, for you for always being there, to, for being one of those people that I turn to to talk to and to help me when, when things are feeling really low. Because you always do make me feel better. That makes me happy. That's awesome. I'm I am honored. Awesome. I hope you enjoy uh, your dinner. Hug your family for ahead. me. I will. I will. Thank you. All right. Take care. Peace. Till next time. Till next time, for sure. All right, now, you've heard from me. You've heard from Jared. You heard the real story of Rosa Parks. Uh, Now, I'd like for you to lean in, go on Instagram, preferably not Twitter, because I haven't been in that space in over five months now. I thought I'd never get to this point, honestly. But go on Instagram. Slide in SDS's DMs. Let me know, how do you feel about pandemic erosion? How has the pandemic affected your life? Uh, How has COVID affected your life? Have you had COVID? Uh, How are you today? How are you yesterday? How were you five weeks ago? How will you be tomorrow? How do you know? I want to know everything. So let, let me know, man. Let's connect. Tell your friends about this. Please rate, subscribe write a review about my podcast i'm really trying to get some sponsors and that's one of the only ways too so if you would be so kind let's get it popping let's get it started i appreciate your support i appreciate you listening i'm gonna do a throwback shout out especially because uh since the first episode of sds this person has rebranded so i'm gonna shout out my sister's very close friend and roommate uh, her name's Carolyn. She makes uh, tote bags, uh, but in a very dope way. She's an artist. The designs are fucking awesome. She started coloring the bags, and I, there's bags for every holiday, and uh, they're fucking dope. Um, I post on the page all the time, and I'm going to repost after this episode, but uh, her new her new tag is Eclectic Moon Art. That's E-C-L-E-C-T-I-C-M-O-O-N-A-R-T. That's on Instagram. 
Eclectic Moon Art Company. Uh, so please view her shop, support. She hand makes and paints the bags. Uh, free shipping with every order. Uh, Latina owned and operated. I'm reading her Instagram. Helping you live more sustainably since 2020. Let's go. Support her. Go to her website, which is eclecticmoonart.com. I just spelled it, so rewind if you if you can't spell, which I'm not. I don't I don't blame you. We're being enabled by autocorrect, and she be trying to correct things that don't need to be corrected. So she need to mind her goddamn business. But that's all I got for you today. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to support Carolyn. Her bags are amazing. They're very affordable. They're very sustainable. Please show some love to Rosa Parks. Listen to the Outcast song that she sued them for. Or, you know, make her homemade lemonade. But, uh, yeah. Until next time. Who knows when that'll be, right? Because I, I promise once a month and it's been two already. <laughs> time is flying, man. I got no control over this shit. I'm doing well. I'm feeling better. And I'm going to try to be more consistent. I love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate you. Shira out. <laughs>